Hello, listeners. It's Christian, your co-host for the Gundam I Hardly Know Him podcast. I owe you a genuine apology. Throughout the episode, I refer to the Principality of Zeon as Neo-Zeon, and chronologically, uh, canonically, that is very incorrect, and I sincerely apologize. I'm so sorry. Let me know. Whatever I can do to make it up to you, I, I will do it. Probably not, but maybe. So, again, so sorry. Hello and welcome to Gundam, I Hardly Know Him, the podcast where we tackle every mainline Gundam series and movie in release order. I'm Michael Pippin, I'm joined by my three co-hosts. I got Alex. Yo, yo, yo. We got Christian. Howdy, howdy. And of course, you love him, you know him, we got Simon. Hi there, little stinkers. Yeah, little stinkers. <laughs> oh, alright, we are here <laughs> <laughs> We're covering the first uh, ten episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam Zero Zero Seventy Nine, and um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed these first ten. I'm wondering what you guys thought, uh, Alex. What were your impressions? I got a lot of spicy takes. We'll get through them. Um, I got a lot of things in my head. They were good episodes, though. I'm really enjoying the series so far. I got a lot of bones to pick, but I got a lot of things to uh, to. Uh, the opposite of criticize to celebrate that's the word i'm thinking of <laughs> there you go yeah i feel like one of the things i'm like trying to keep a conscious of is that it's really easy to tear things apart and kind of criticize or critique or right. even make fun of things and we're definitely going to make fun of a lot of things um but there's like also a lot that is very impressive especially considering the show when it was released and when it was made i, I just feel yeah. like there's a lot to celebrate for sure. hundred percent. So building off of that, like I kind of went into the show with that same kind of perspective. Like I was bracing myself for the animation and even just like everything because it was the seventies. Right. So, um, but I completely enjoyed it. I enjoyed every aspect of it. Like the animation, the music, the the pace of the show the the animation was uh like when you can appreciate the art style of that era it's gorgeous uh i loved it i ended up enjoying all 10 episodes definitely surprising how good everything aged in my opinion simon it's your first time ever watching the series at all like just your first the, the whenever it opens up and the narration kicks in for that first episode what were your thoughts what I just um first of all I thought that it was Halo when I first watched it. <laughs> I thought that it was just like going to be like a word to word retelling of Halo um but it turned out not to be that. Um I okay, like the I just have been on such this kick of like, you know, like small animated like, you know, like spaceships and tanks and this was just like scratching that itch perfectly. Like the whole mm-hmm. time I was just like sketching furiously as I was like watching it. Because I just, like, wanted there to just be, like, more shots of even all of, like, the small transport vehicles. I just wanted right. to, like, dive into all of their mechanics. And just, like, there's so much more, like, sci-fi, um, 
like contraptions other than like the Gundam and the Zakus. There's like all of the transport ships are sick as shit. All of like the little <clears throat> fighter like vehicles and everything. Like so fucking cool. And like also like super like progressive. Like this shit was coming out like during like probably like when was the Cold War? Like or just probably coming off the Cold War maybe. But like just like talking about like weapons of mass destruction and mm-hmm. like you know like I, I don't know thematically like it still fucking holds up and like i don't know just like so it was extremely unsettling for a lot of things too like i just wanted i like it opened up and i'm like sick like you know like teen romance like tiny like right. fighting robots are gonna be sick and then like somebody like a, one of the characters like burst into tears as he has to kill someone <laughs> and i'm like holy oh, fucking fuck. shit like that's what i would do <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like that's I don't, I don't know why they decided to go in that direction. They could have just been, like... Because I feel like, uh, like American cartoons that are kind of in this vein are kind of like, you know, the hero just senselessly kills the bad guys, and right. we're kind of okay with that because, oh, they're the bad guys, uh-huh. and, you know, heroes kill bad guys, and that's what superheroes do. But, like, I mean, we can talk about this later, but, like, I, like, still don't really know, like, what side I'm on with the uh-huh. with the Xeon... Uh, Zion, it, yeah. so it's Zeon and Earth Confeder or not Federation. Can, what the Earth Confederation? Federation, the Earth, the, the Earth Federation, and then yeah. the Zeon the like, Principality or something. Fetties and the ZZs. Yeah, yeah the Fetty yeah. Wops, the ZZPPs. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So there's the Fetty Wops <laughs> and Princess of Zeons, and yeah, but like they're both like have like pretty good takes, but and they're also like I guess the only thing. I mean, I've been rambling for a while because, like, I just, like, I love, like, the, like, because I love all of, you know, the spaceships and the engineering. And, like, that is really scratching an itch. But, like, the fact that that setting is in such a cool story, like, I would probably watch it if it was just, like, you know, a PowerPoint presentation of each of these, like, spaceships (laughs) that, like, they're just, like, going through with, like, fade to zoom, like, effects. But, like, this shit, like, you know, kind of starting to like some of these so these guys you know it's awesome that you picked up on that because this anime this very show is responsible for kicking off the real robot era in anime um and so the whole like one of the main mantras behind this show was to like base these huge humanoid robots and ground it in some sort of like physical reality and so, like, have a lot of aspects of the story and the show kind of based around the, you know, the pra- pragmatic um, aspect of it. Yeah, they so, treat them more yeah. more like like tools rather than like things that have a conscience or like there's like mythicalness to them. They're more like tanks, and I think that that's like really interesting about the story. And I feel like that's definitely why it stood out. And why it definitely became a franchise is because it's so clear that the story is a very human story, and it mm-hmm. like there's complexity in every aspect of it. Well, and I think that's like that's an interesting what's like aspect. so interesting about the whole thing as a concept because like that's like a very current thing of like the whole like you know like drone pilots for example. It's like mm-hmm. like what what's mm-hmm. killing like the people like the drones or the pilot, and like that's still like that's a huge conversation. In, Super like, relevant. This is like. Yeah, it's like 1979, and it's like kind of unfortunate to see that, like, yeah. you know, what they deemed this dystopian, like, you know, 
oh, like, we have, like, humans piloting war machines, and that's, like, taking, like, a moral toll on, like, the humans behind that. Like, that's what essentially happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. It's actually, it's wild that you even mentioned drones, because I was re-watching the 8th MS team, like, uh, last month, and that came out in the 80s, I think, and... Or, yeah, the 80s. And um, one of the things that it has was a drone, like a manned, like a non-manned drone in the show. And they even called it a drone. And it was just insane to see, like, them predict something that has right. become so prevalent in our current, like, society. It's wild. You know, um, uh, the other thing I was thinking about as Simon was talking is that, you know, this generation of animators probably lived through some part of World War Two. So for sure, yeah, like, absolutely. At the time, you know, it's only 30, 40 years after the fact. Um and so that's still very much in the cultural zeitgeist of Japan. And like also you brought up how the the show does a really good job of humanizing the antagonists, right? So like um the people of Neo Zeon are just as likely to have families and feelings and mm-hmm. and lives and they they show that in little parts of the show and it's like tenth, really 10th episode messes. Tenth, like <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah there's there's so much good stuff so i figured we, we'll just go through the first 10 episodes kind of keep it a little bit broad um but kind of push through the story and find what uh we want to talk about here um so the first episode we start with uh, one thing that I found very interesting, which is we start with a narration track that kind of gives the background to the story um, within like, you know, a little one minute clip. And one thing that I think is really interesting, it, especially watching some of the other series, is how frequently that device is used. Um, it seems yeah. like a lot of these series do that similar thing where they open with like a little narration. They open every episode with it because it is a, a, like a season with a a through arcing story they like want to keep some sort of um continuation of like what's happening right um did you all watch did everybody watch subbed or dubbed i watched dubbed i watched dubbed alex okay 100 simon yeah they were speaking english in my in my television show yeah i like i watched uh mostly subbed and then I watched the last couple episodes dubbed, and I really like the narrator's voice. Um, it's not at all similar to the uh, Japanese narrator, but I really enjoyed It's like a very different vibe. It was like a, a shock to the system when I turned it to uh, dubbed. I was like, this guy is the year was very different. <laughs> it was very... Is the Japanese narrator like more half century has passed like, since Earth it? began moving its it's, burgeoning uh, population into a, a higher voice. It's, it's just not as like theatrical. It's not like a, it's not like a movie trailer voice like the dubbed guy was. He's very much If like, we can... If we can edit that in, we should. At some point, we Alex just like or one of us can cut it in to this episode and just do a side by side. Is Amaro? Amaro? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fucking take a shot every time that they say Amaro in the goddamn movie. Jesus. Amaro. <laughs> it's Amaro. Amaro. Amaro, your brainwaves are low. Amaro, your brainwaves. Alex, was that really? Was it like as annoying in the dubbed? version that it was to me in the sub the the japanese uh voice actor was so annoying uh going amaro yeah 
Yeah, it was pretty fucking annoying. Um, if we're gonna start, I'm gonna start with my first hot take. It's fuck that little robot dude. Like, Haro? What? Yeah. He's annoying. You don't like he goes, uh, great value BB-8. <laughs> and also, how can he not like, like the way he walked upstairs made me so angry. <laughs> I thought of the show with that anyway. <laughs> Like, Armour yeah, Haro lives with stairs, and he did not design a robot that can do stairs. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, is a little weird. I think that, the again, that's another one where I was absolutely baffled by the voice when I switched it to the dubbed version. Because in the subbed version, it's very, like, it's very, like, a tinny robot voice. Um, it's kind of high-pitched, and it was a lot deeper in the it sounded like, uh, like dubbed a version, which like, threw me off. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, I kept thinking, it's like, okay, um, it's like his little kid, but no. Yeah, so the first episode uh, starts, it's Universal Century 0079, and the Principality of Xeon attacks the colony Side 7, and Amaro Ray pilots the mysterious new mobile suit developed by the Earth Federation to defeat the two invading Zakus. Um, so it's a pretty simple episode, and it introduces us to all of our main characters. Uh, so Amaro, of course, um, is our main character, and Frau Boa? Frau Bo? How do you I've, say her name? I have no idea. It's the weirdest name. Frau Bo? In my head, I'm calling her F-Bay. But... <laughs> um... Yeah, and so one of the things that I was most struck by when the episode started um, was how the mobile suits moved. Um, they definitely have like a more organic feel about the way that they move and they interact with each other, and they even do like hand motions to each other, which is like a little bit. It's it's kind of in like what this kind of piggybacks off what Christian was saying, like moving from the super robot version of anime to the more grounded realistic um you can still see some of that previous kind of version of robot mech anime um and the way that they moved it's like a little smoother and like a little less kind of chunky um that like kind of the way that they end up moving in more of the other animes well i think that that allowed them to like some of the fights were just like nuts choreographed like they were like insane like, I don't even know how you would, like, plan out, like, one of the, like, the the first, um like, with all the hand-to-hand combat, it's so, so, so impressive, you know? So, Christian, what are your impressions of Amaro as, like, our hero at the beginning of the episode? Uh, him sitting there as, like, a dumbass while his whole town is evacuating? Um, you know, okay. So, when I first kind of was watching this series i started off with the ovas but i didn't quite finish them because i was watching the subbed versions but they were really shitty versions on youtube and i just couldn't watch very much of them and at that at that time i thought amaro was a little punk asshole like i thought he was uh a fucker but on the second watch i had so much more empathy for him because he just was like this super kind of not an incel quite but he's kind of like a neat dude who's just like (laughs) (laughs) damn go off he's obsessed with this technology right so he doesn't even know that his town is evacuating frau bo has to come in there and say hey dude people are getting to the shelters we need to go yeah he's like yeah yeah sure whatever 
But um, at the same time, he's just like this 15-year-old kid who is thrown into this and thrown into a war. And he has to kill people and he has to survive. And if he doesn't get out there and kill people, his friends will get killed. And so I totally understood when he was throwing his little tantrums. Like, I feel like there are a lot of kids his age would probably do the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, we we find the side or the side seven colony that where Amuro lives is attacked by the Zeons, an invading force, um, and this forces everyone in the colony to build the or to board the white base, um, which to me sounds like the people that are gonna get Trump elected again. Uh, so <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very like anti white base. <laughs> Um, yeah, it sounds definitely like uh, something people on CNN are going to be saying a lot in November. <laughs> they, is the Trojan horse and the white base the same thing? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, it is the same thing. Okay. Um, okay. They don't really, it doesn't seem like they call it the Trojan horse a lot in the um, Japanese version. They mostly call it the white base. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we also I, I we see. also meet Amaro's dad, who has purple hair, which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. If, did you all notice what happened to his dad? He just kind of goes off screen, and we never see him again for a while. Okay. Yeah, I think I he got wondering... murked, but okay. I kept thinking that the two other purple hair people that were captaining <laughs> um, the Trojan horse were like Amaru's dad, and they kept switching in my mind. Like one of them was in a sling, and the other one wasn't in a sling, and I just kind of coined them as like armro's collective dad um but then yeah we can talk about that later i'm like really bad with characters in this um but so armro's dad is like afk for most of this show yeah we think so i mean at least in these yeah. first 10 episodes he's only in the in first the, 10 episodes yeah, yeah he's only in clear. the first episode yeah. um mm-hmm. for like uh 30 seconds maybe yeah and so yeah. the first episode ends with basically armro defeating the zakus using the new mysterious mobile suits um which they're calling a gundam and uh allowing everybody in his uh village and his colony to make it to the white base but there are definitely some casualties along the way including I mean, we it see... sounds like most of the town got <laughs> murdered <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's i don't know about you all but even like i know what gundam is like but even just seeing people die in that cartoon style is very shocking also can we yeah they just like yeah. hand over just like a mountain of like these like dead villagers that like yeah. were just talking not two seconds yeah. prior also can you like, talk about Furbo's parents her mom dying and her having to stumble up a hill crying right yeah. in front of her like that, that hit that hit hard i was just i had to pause the show for a second like fuck doesn't Amuro slap her in the face at one point? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think he does. I think he like slaps he her to get her, her shit out together. Of it. Don't die. He's like, yeah, come on, get your shit together. Uh, I don't uh, know if he had to do had to slap her, but like, she had to get going. But yeah, she like was right behind her entire family, and just they just all exploded. Yeah, right it, in front it, of her. It's wild to see that in what is like the Ed, Ed and Eddie style of animation to just see entire people get <laughs> yeah. exploded. It's yeah. still heavy as fuck though. Like, I think that's what's interesting is like it's this super dated anime style and yet and like there's not a whole there's not gore 
really mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of inert bodies laying on the ground and that still was like it, it hurts. had a lot of impact mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they they really don't shy away from death in this no um yeah so in episode two um is just kind of a continuation of this arc of them escaping side seven um all of the people that didn't make it into the white base um again in the first episode it's just about them trying to get everybody away and then uh the white base finally leaving side seven as we're introduced to char um is how i'm going to pronounce it um and yeah uh his other kind of his other cohorts as they try and um like basically infiltrate side seven and get some of the secrets um the biggest thing like i don't know how we've made it this far and we haven't talked about the song the song is a fucking bangerang and i will listen to it every goddamn time it's so yes. good oh the, like uh, i, the, I love the, the opening song the opening song oh yeah this is the yeah. first anime i've watched where i've watched both the opening and the closing song all the way through every time and enjoyed it every time yeah yes yeah i've been because abigail's been watching um her own show i'll watch it with headphones on and then every time I'm just I'm like I'm dancing I'm just over here with my headphones on I'm dancing around a little bit just because it's a fucking it slaps and I just can't stop I can't stop listening to it the there's like a timpani drum that I love it's an incredible song yeah and it's also it's a, it's a wild song to have and I mean again the the back even the background music is a little bit insane considering how much death and destruction there is in this show it's, <laughs> right it's a very <laughs> odd tonal choice <laughs> but it's time, epic you know? and it yeah, pumps you up hard. yeah it's, i get it's so great. energized every time yeah so i think the, the kind of the biggest thing about this second episode is it introduces us to char who is like our i would say our second main character i think that i mean amuro has a little bit more screen time but i think that as we've noticed going through the first 10 episodes, Char gets oh, like just a little bit less screen time. But he's a more interesting character for sure. I um, want to hear from Alex. How? Yes. What is your eat, opinion of Char? Eat your words. Char fucking sucks still. No. After these 10 episodes. <laughs> Come on, dude. Are you serious? That is I don't a... like the dude. I don't like Amuro more. That's my that's my hot take. I don't think actually oh, okay. I, don't think I don't know if that's a hot take as much, but yeah, dude, I do not like Char. Eats. Uh, I the only thing I like about him is at the end of the, like in episode nine and ten, when he just fucks over his homie. Yeah, yeah, that's great. He's a total. He's just a total dick, but I still don't like the dude. What about he, the I right liked comment. him a lot in the episode two, and then. He yeah. started to quickly, progressively, like, get worse and worse for me. That's wild. But can I we talk believe... about my favorite scene of the first ten episodes is in episode two, where, uh, what's her face? The girl with the blonde hair. Oh, shit. I know. Oh, I yeah. think yeah, I know what scene just, you're talking she about. She, like, casually moves over a magazine and pulls out a gun and goes, yo, fuck this dude. I'm going to pop a cap in his ass. <laughs> yeah, she rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just, yeah. like... Yeah, she casually, she's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I got a gun. I'm a civilian, but I know how to shoot a motherfucker. But did you notice how, like, Char, like, takes his mask off? Yeah. And then from 20 feet away, drops, kicks the, kicks the gun <laughs> out <laughs> of her hand. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, it was still uh, sick, they, but it's like, whoa. They are, they are related, right? That's, that's, that's <laughs> what Charlize comes to the conclusion of? That's the, I think that's what they're alluding towards. But I, like, yeah. the one thing I'll say... 
is that they don't they haven't developed that character as much in these first ten episodes as I thought they would have based off of the second. She gets more screen time later on. She I'm is sure. my favorite character on the show, hands down. Really? Yes, hands down. She's so fucking badass. She don't give a fuck. She does what she wants. She's definitely the most like commanding of the kids or like the younger people yes. on white base she's definitely the most like yeah. well also the pilot i think the pilot uh is very like cool and has like a calm demeanor um but we can oh the, you the, mean the the, the fight who takes over after the captain dies yeah the girl mm-hmm. uh, with the brown hair may um, i think is oh no no, her, yeah, no no yeah, yeah yeah she's super cool I, I thought you meant like the commander dude i did not like no, him no. as well no the commander guy oh no way. bright yeah um, yeah like, I I just can't believe that you don't think that Shar is cool because his nickname's the Red Comet, and I just think that's an all-time great nickname. Like, can you think of? Any he's like the Red Baron, but he's yeah. the Red Comet. Yeah, but he's not that good of a Red Comet. He even admits it. Like episode four, he's like, "Yeah, I guess you can't." Or like maybe episode five, he's like, "Yeah, I guess you can't call me the Red Comet." I know he's doing it to like make that purple head do think he's like look cool, but like. I also agree. He's just getting his ass handed to him. I'd have to fight. Zaku is also like cool as shit. It's like a yeah. bright pink just like, I do. version I do of really... all of the other Zakus. Like I like immediately like the the in the first like seven frames of that like Zaku being on the screen, I already had typed into my yeah. like Google search bar like Char Zaku like Gundam for sale free. Like I just like <laughs> I loved it so much. I like. That I think that um that might be the one that I choose. I do uh, I do agree. I, I want I think the Zakus look so cool compared to the um the mobile suit. They just are such like chunky boys. They're I, like so thick. They're I, like so I don't know. Yeah. And I like Char I like how Char has his own Zaku. It's very like Darth Vader having his own TIE fighter. Yeah, you know? that that yes. is cool. I, it's a great thing that they have, especially considering he's called yeah. the Red Comet. It just like is a good continuity so thing cool. and it makes it like visually more, more appealing now i'm ready to hear alex's yeah. fucking spicy meatball take about how he hates zaku's go ahead alex i normally have always like i hate every gunplay zaku i've seen i've hated the really boring except Holy for Zars. Zars is pretty cool i'll give him that you get this bright pink zaku he also has a battle axe like only shows up with a battle axe in space round. and that you was not awesome like round i don't like that they're round <laughs> like I get Come that on, they're supposed man. to just be like the generic enemy, and that's exactly what they are, and they're boring. But yeah. the oh, battle axe dude. is super cool. Like that, that won me over. That won me over a lot. Mm. If we can see more of that axe in space, I might like shower more. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I okay. I used to not be a fan of the the rounded design of Zaku's. I thought it looked like really goofy, but I've actually come to absolutely love it. Like there's something about that design. It's just so satisfying. Like I, I kind of fell in love it with uh, with it when I was putting uh, putting together Master Grade Zaku Two, that shows up in the Warren Pocket. Um, ah, I just love that design, but that's that's like that's iconic. Like the very yeah. first scene when those Zakus uh, invade, mm-hmm. um, and the big eye that like that yeah. scans like everything. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Ah, it's, I love that. They're, they're I super scary. Love when, I, I will give them that. I I kind of love it when things are just like. Like in universe, you can imagine the designer just being like, "Yeah, we're the bad guys." It's just very like, "Yeah, we're clearly bad." <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can we can we get into who is the bad guy in this show? Because 
Yeah, I absolutely. Really, I don't know who's bad still. Like, I know who's bad. Like, it, it's it's the it's the rebellion. But like, are they really that bad? The Z- I mean, the Zeons. I think that they're. It's kind of implied that they've done a lot of really like bad shit in the intro, and uh-huh. I know that they have. But I mean, I think that it's definitely. I mean, the, I think the point of the story is that they're both bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, because every person we met from the Federation has been super, like, all the leaders in the Federation are way worse than the leaders in the Rebellion. Like, they they actually listen to each other, and then the, and the, and the Federation are like, oh, you touched, you touched this Gundam, you're in jail, I don't give a fuck if you say this guy's gonna come kill me, and then what happens, they attack the, they attack the ship. Like, Mm -hmm. like, they actually listen to those subordinates. Yeah, we'll definitely get like that about them. We'll definitely get into it more, but... Yeah, the the Federation as an organization, there's like no redeeming characters. No, um, they just right. completely are annoying and frustrating to watch. Well, and also like, um, if the whole ten episodes, they're struggling to get into um, Earth Federation controlled airspace, and the whole time they're not getting any support, they're not getting any help at all. They're just kind of left out on the road which kind of shows you that the earth federation is not as well organized not as well resourced and just like you know and like by the time we show up the very first episode they've killed half of each other's population right so like yeah the point is is that there is no bad guy like everyone is kind of fucked in this whole situation well it just seems like it's being told in the like and i mean like this is timely too of like what point of view is a story being told from to like you know depict who's the bad guy it's obviously being told by like amaro's um like point of view kind of i don't know from the earth federation point of view but like I don't know. Something that, like, stuck out to me was, like, what episode was it that those um, Xeon pilots went down and helped out that one woman? Oh, like, that seemed like... That was episode eight? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, like... I mean, we can talk about that much later. Um, but, like, I just, like, felt like as a whole, like, there was so many more selfless acts being done by the Xeon... Um, uh, prince, or the Principality of Xeon... Um, and it just seemed like it was this weird, like, gaslighting mm-hmm. thing that, the, I don't know, I started to get, like, way conspiracy <laughs> theory, like, like, this show is actually being told from the point of, like, Char, and, like, it's just, like, I don't know. But, I, I agree. Um, like... to answer your question, I'm kind of, like, I'm, uh, I, I think that another, well, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about more in the what the episode where they had to hide in the stadium. Mm-hmm. I think that that scene really stuck out to me. Yeah, episode ten. When we get to Absolutely. That episode. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. episode three, we'll move on to that. So this is um, it, it's not like that eventful of an episode after we get introduced to all of our main characters, um, mm-hmm. but it does have kind of a no- one notable thing about it, which is that it is Amaro and Char's like first space fight, um, Zaku v Gundam. And that's definitely, like... I mean, it happens, like, within the first ten episodes, I think they fight, like, maybe five or six times. Yeah. Um, and it's, like... It, it starts to almost feel, like, kind of repetitive. But it, it it's also yeah. the beginning of their, their like, competitive nature between each other. Char's, like, definitely very... 
he's like gung ho and he's very confident, but he's also he doesn't come across as like he's like that crazy about killing Amaro or like really killing anyone. Um, and then Amaro is struggling to kind of find his footing as a pilot, but is definitely like helped by the fact that his mobile suit is insanely like talented yeah. and it's wild. Well, um, like in the, I think it's like in the first or second episode, uh, Amaro is talking to the other pilots and he's like, yeah, the, the Gundam's actually self-learning. So every battle, the Gundam gets even better at fighting because it's taking all the data from previous battles, mm-hmm. which is interesting, uh, interesting concept for an anime from the seventies. Like the concept of like, uh, automatic learning, learning and yeah. <laughs> machine learning and AI and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was cool. No. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. There's definitely a lot of like little like nuggets of backs or like, like little tiny things that they put in that they don't make a big deal out of that. It's like very odd, but it's also kind of the backstory or like very small things that they talk about, about why the mobile suit is so powerful and stuff like that. Can I talk about a really small thing that they talk about that they don't really um, expand on at all? Yes. The fucking like, what are they called? The like, Oh, the particles. I, I keep calling them Mike Wazowski particles in my head, but I know they're not called that. <laughs> the Minovsky particles. Minovsky particles. The Minovsky particles. Those make no sense to me. I was like, I was like, struck. They seem to prevent radio frequency because yeah. in the one like uh, episode where they're like navigating low, mm-hmm. I remember they like pulled they pulled into that. Yeah. Or, or they they like started to like expand that, but I think that's like so fun. Like the show would be functionally the same without that addition it seems like so far um but they decided to just like make their own fucking shit up i loved it i I love that part so much yeah i think it's from what i understand it's just the particles that all of these machinery puts off it's like kind of almost like exhaust um oh like it's like how it's like something about the energy source source and i think all these And, like, all of these uh, energy sources were um, developed by the same guy, Maninsky, or whatever the fuck his name is. Maninsky. So, yeah, yeah, like, I don't know if I was just, like, wasn't paying attention. Like, did they give any exposition on it? Or just, like, they just referenced it through the... No. Okay. They just threw you right into it. Yeah. 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 Like, I can only assume it's radiation. Like, yeah, that that's my thoughts. Like it's just radiation coming from these machines. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. Maybe I can't wait. Maybe to they see. didn't want to say. I have a theory. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want to say like radiation or anything because like that it does not age very well. Like in Japan, if you think about it, mm-hmm. like I mean, like that, like they're coming off of like a really traumatic like experience as a nation oh, wow. that like had to do with like radiation and stuff. So maybe they didn't want to just be so heavy handed about it. Yeah, they wanted to like maybe reference it. Mm, Interesting. I would like to do some research into that. I'll to see if Um, there's any kind of story behind that. One thing that I love about episode three that like really, I feel like there were a lot of times where this really was obvious is the inconsistent animation. Um, Just like (laughs) the scale of things is constantly changing. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I love it when they get the characters together in one shot and you can see like they're all complete different scales. Like Amaro is like kind of normal (laughs) 
and then like the big fat guy he's like massive the huge like, he's, like, yeah. 700 pounds <laughs> and like and, like the round head man it's like the, <laughs> yes. like um, like waist. yeah no yeah the kid there's like the kid who has like legitimately a baby face like he has just like yeah, a yeah. baby's that's head. one of the people that i drew i thought that his head was so fucking weird he <laughs> yeah oh like, yeah it's a like a fucking, weird like, squat yeah it looks like a steven universe character yeah like kind of like reminds me of like stewie from family guy how he's just like a completely different head <laughs> than everyone else i'm um, looking up a list of the characters just, so we can make sure we're, we're guiding everyone in the right direction here uh let's see oh i will be referring to characters by what they by look what they look like, like. <laughs> i know and that's about yeah it. yeah like, big, God, big guy names go. baby head Amaro's mean, mean adult. Mean adult. Like man. when Amaro like told that guy, I don't know what Kai? episode it was, but he was like, "You're an adult and you're so mean." And I'm like, Amaro, <laughs> you've got some grown up to do, baby girl. Like adults sometimes. You're an adult. Is that is, that, is Kai mean. an adult or is he a teenager? Yeah. yeah. I think Kai. No, Kai is a, is an adult. It's canon. Amaro calls him an adult. Oh, is he an adult? I thought he was a kid. I thought he was a kid too. But yeah, Amaro calls him. It's like. I think maybe Amaro's like fourteen and like Kai is like nineteen, so like Kai is like you know technically an adult mm-hmm. or something like that. I think so Amaru like. I think Christian could cosplay Kai pretty easily. Oh, well, I would need a wig. I would need some like. Christian, though? <laughs> I would need like Just, a, a like shoulder length purple haired yeah. wig, and then I could Absolutely. probably do it. Absolutely. Um, so episode four uh, was definitely the the first insight to the Federation. This is where um, our crew in the white base go to Luna Two, which is a Federation base, and they try and offload their like basically all of the refugees they have on board. And the right. Earth Federation mm-hmm. is just immediately the most awful like military operation. It's just so clear that they're not going to be the good guys. When yeah. they take over the white base, basically like yeah. arrest all of our heroes, and and then like basically do absolutely nothing to help them in the pursuit of you know taking care of all of the refugees. Mm-hmm. And as a viewer, you're immediately at, like asking yourself like, should they really deliver these weapons in the white base to the hands of the Earth Federation if this is how they act? Like if this is their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. On how things should be handled, like can they be really trusted with these super powerful weapons? You know. Yeah, and that's definitely like this is definitely the first glimpse of what we've been talking about, which is that there's no good character, no bad like exactly group in the show. It's just very ambiguous as to. Well, that's why I kind of like how the. I mean, I'm looking forward to how the individuals shine out because it's like. I don't know. It's the whole thing of, like, individual responsibility. Like, you know, the corporation you work for might be horrible, but, like, how do you react to this, you know? And I think that that's a really compelling thing because, like, I don't know. Also, as, like, somebody entering, like, the work world for, like, the first time, like, after school, like, that was really hit and different of, like, watching, like, Amaru, like, be like, hey, maybe, like, it, it's not fair to just throw a kid inside, like, a big robot and you know like ask me to fight like what am i even doing this for at all so i don't know i kind of like that both the organizations are shitty and you kind of like i'm looking forward to seeing how you know the characters react to that well, and stuff all of all of the white base's crew is ragtag bright mm-hmm. is 18 years old 
he like mm-hmm. looks way older and acts way older but he's a kid like bright is a kid yeah. too and he's in- responsible for all these people's lives they, and getting white base yeah. to safety which is crazy and he's like really? what one of two soldiers that survive the like initial onslaught yeah yeah, something like, insane. Oh, not, only, not only are they a bunch of like kids, they're a bunch of civilians who just uh-huh. got thrown into war. But like, well, I guess I have to learn how to become a soldier in right seconds. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In this this episode, also gave us our third iteration of Shar versus Amaro. They're like third fight. Um, oh, which is just kind going of, with the uh, you know. This is one with the hammer. Oh, is that later? No, that's that's in the next episode. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm episode gonna... five. Which is yeah, I have I have a lot to say about that. Yeah, um, yeah. So they obviously escape. Um, they escape the Earth Federation. They escape being court-martialed, which the Earth Federation people love to say. That's like their favorite thing. It's all <laughs> like it's their basically their like tag is you. Know, we're going to court-martial you. Um, and so the the white base escapes, and then Shar in, in episode five, Shar and the Xeon forces attack the white white base as it tries to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. And I, I think like one of the things that I like the most about this episode was the, like the like this is I think the best version of the Gundam in action. Like, firstly, I think you get to see his bazooka like reload itself, which I thought was really cool. It was like a really cool animation. Yeah. And then, to like say piggyback off of what Alex was saying, the fucking Gundam Hammer, like also weird name, but so cool, and I'm like yes. so confused as to why they would wait this long to have it in the show. Yeah, not a hammer. Coolest weapon he has should have laser spikes instead of steel spikes. Yes, <laughs> that is a good point. It should. Is definitely that the have mace that he they they launch out to him, and he has to? Yeah, grab. that's the hammer. Yeah, they call it. He but, says Gundam Hammer like multiple times, and I was like, Gundam Hammer. That sounds so yeah. lame. I was like, like oh, it's gonna suck. Yeah. It's gonna be like a big club, like a baseball bat. Yeah, and, and then it's it comes out mace. and it's a ball and chain. Yeah, it's so cool. Also, I want to point this point. Uh, something I love about this show is like how they keep tying it back to like reality. Like they have rules that are established and they work. And like. Well, one thing I really love is how they actually deal with ammo, and it, it becomes a consistent thing over and over again. Like you have that right. in episode three when they have to go restock the uh, mm-hmm. the prince, the principality ship, and like that's yeah. all mm-hmm. because of that conflict. I love that like it's consistently. It's not just like it's not just a plot point when they're out of ammo. Like I forget what episode, but it was an episode where Armor was like counting his shots and like get rid of the weapon after the shots are done. Right. Yeah, yeah, and his his beam cannon only has so much energy. And yeah, then a... also, like, as they're escaping um, Char and kind of falling into Earth's atmosphere, or, like, Amuro has, like, what, a minute and 20 seconds to deal with Char and, like, some of the other Zaku trying to attack the white base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before he has to hit the Earth's atmosphere and get ready to, you know, go. So, yeah. Like, all these, yeah, like, real-world parameters that they have to fight in. It makes it super yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because there's also, like, there's, like, Char had three Zakus. Just three. And the Earth, like, the Federation forces on White Base, they have the Gundam, they have the gun tank, and then they have the gun cannon. Just, like, they just also have three ships. 
So it's not yeah. like infinite amount of Zaku's yeah. versus infinite amount of mobile suits. It's just they have, there's three of them. And if yeah, you lose that's one, it. it's like a big deal. And even yeah. like they, they do a point in one of the later episodes to point out that food is a resource that they have to like mm-hmm. stay yeah. stocked on. It's not just like... Except for in the first couple of episodes, Jesus Christ is like, it's such a big plot point that it's like, Amro, eat your food. You got to eat enough food. Like, I thought that was so funny that like, he was like, no, they're like, Amro, you got to eat your food. You got to grow big and healthy like a boy. You got to be big and strong. Yeah, I love that he's such a teenager. Like, he's a 15 year old Mm -hmm. kid. And I think that's why I hate him so much. But also Mm -hmm. I get, I totally get his reactions. Like, he frustrates the hell out of me, but. I get it. I love, like, how realistic that is. Yeah, he's a kid. Like, do you all remember how grumpy you would get when you didn't sleep and you were 16? Like, I was always pissed. Yeah. I was just like, I'm tired. Like, I'm so tired. alive. Yeah. No alone asking me to go kill people. Then had to pilot a giant robot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing I like PTSD and. Depression. Another thing I'd like to note about this is that I th- I'm pretty sure the ship that they were trying to escape was called Salami. <laughs> Did you all notice this? <laughs> no. What? Quick, we gotta get like, away I, from I've the Salami. Some... <laughs> I'm pretty sure because I was watching I was watching subs and so it said Salami on the screen. <laughs> I paused it to make sure. Uh, but this brings me to. Uh, our, my favorite segment, which is the burning question. The hand of mine is burning red. Its loud roar tells me to grasp victory. Erupting, burning. Question. Oh, the burning question. Um, and this week's burning question is fuck, Mary, kill, gun tank, Gundam, oh. and Zaku. Oh. Gun Alex, tank. Gun first. tank is the uh, is is the uh, it's a thing that the weird headed roll, dude. It rolls around. It's something. Yeah, rolls yeah, around. yeah. Uh, uh, okay, easy, easy. Kill Zaku. Mm-hmm. Fuck Gundam. Marry Gun tank. Gun tank oh, is wow. gun tank is thick as fuck, and like I want to oh, be with dude, that all right. day, not just once. I don't want to hit it and quit the gun tank. Gun all tank right, is Christian, thick. Hmm. I'm marrying Gundam. Fucking Zaku and killing Gun Tank. Sorry. Wow. You're not even going to hit Gun Tank. That's insane to me. That, <laughs> Simon, that's radical. What do you think? Sorry, y'all. Um, I want to fuck the Zaku because it's curves <laughs> boobs. <laughs> Spiky boobs. I want to marry. I want to marry. I want to fuck them all. I'll tell you that, but you're making me you're making me choose. I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry Gun Tank. There we go. And I'm gonna look Gundam in the eye and I'm gonna kill his ass. Oh damn! And, I'm, and then I'm gonna fuck Zaku again. <laughs> no, um, that's a crazy fucking question. Yeah, I think I think you got it right though. I honestly think you kill Gundam because yeah, like it's kind of like like a really nice guy that's like you're like oh that guy's so nice like I want to hang out with him oh, and then yeah. you hang out with him and you're like oh he's so boring. I think Gundam's yes, like exactly. that. straight exactly. man, no yeah. personality, no yeah. personality. So, like in a fr- friend zone Gundam, yeah, friend zone Gundam, yeah. and kill him. And then I'm fucking <laughs> I'm fucking Gun Tank. I'm I'm gonna marry Zaku. 
I like kind of like a wild card. Oh, good fucking luck. Yeah, shit. yeah. yeah. I like Zaku's definitely stepping out on you. <laughs> yeah. All right, and uh, with that, we should take a break. Welcome back, everyone. So now we're going to jump into episode six, Garma Strikes. So essentially, they've escaped into Earth's atmosphere. And now they've kind of entered uh, Neo-Zeon-controlled Earth territory. And um, Garma, the son, the Zabi family heir... Uh, to the Zeon, I guess, kingdom. I don't know what you want to call it. He's in charge of this little piece of territory. And so now his forces are starting to engage with White Base. Um, so what what were some of the like coolest aspects of this kind of section of episodes that jumped out to you all? Hmm. I really like the uh, love story. Um... With a uh, purple hair fuckboy and the uh, blonde hair grill. <laughs> I really like that. I thought that was... Okay, because, like, except for, if you notice, every time, like, some sort of, like, turbulence came over White Base or something, like, that other grill, Amaru, that's with Amaru, always felt, like, right on top of Amaru, and yep. they never addressed it. But I think that there's something there. However, this other one... Um, this other love story was much more uh, black and white and just like the classic like oh daddy says that I can't marry you and he's like don't worry I'll impress him with like my military war tactics I mean how, we'll see how, how that, did that went go? for him yeah, how did that go for <laughs> you? how does that <laughs> work out for you it's like almost worse than friend zoned am I right <laughs> yeah poor alright fellas poor Iselina alright poor, poor Garma they just did not they just don't have good luck. Wait, is it um, named Garma or Karma? Garma. Garma. With a G. With a G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah. I mean, I think Garma's a fine character, but they definitely killed him off. Perf- like, I don't know. They didn't do a good job of developing him until, like, without the love story. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. think that he I, kind I completely of... Agree. He was just like this, like still the same spoiled kid, like, or like whatever Char kept saying to him. Yeah. Yeah. They he could have been a super in a... interesting character. Yeah. What are you about to say? I, know, Alex? See, I think they did him dirty, but I also think it was like I like how they did him dirty. Like, yeah, I like that. It all. Yeah, I like that Char stabbed him in the back because I think that that's like good. It's good to make Char like that much more of a like bad character or like that much more yeah. of a complex. It like, makes me feel know. like Char is. I mean, again, I'm going to be kind of weird on this. If to me, it makes Char feel like not as bad it's like I don't know it's like he kind of has some respect for the white base mm-hmm. yeah like just like kind of like lets him go a few times and it kind of seems like it's more for self gratification so that he can prove that he's better and it's like yeah and he's like also like there's a little scene in this episode where he's like um Zeon's gonna see how difficult white base and Gundam are to deal with cause up until now he's been failing to deal with the threat and then you know he's kind of rooting for Garma to fail so that he doesn't look bad so he can save face <laughs> mm-hmm. so he's kind of like a sociopath like to Garma's face he's like yeah man 
whatever you need i got you and then behind his back he's like fuck that motherfucker <laughs> yeah, that... yeah shars i think like shars morals are like super unclear i don't know he kind of seems like a like a kylo ren character to me Ooh, it's a good like, comparison yeah, yeah. I, I hate to keep comparing it to Star Wars because, like, I mean, Star Wars is, like, like like not even the best, like, sci-fi story out there, right? But, like, it, it's very influential, obviously, because it was kind of, like, one of the first ones. Um, but it, like, I don't know. It just, like, seems like, uh, especially, like, I don't know. I keep drawing a lot of comparisons because, like, Star Destroyers and, like, the different captains and stuff, it, it's very kind of, like, a similar, like, space military structure Uh um but yeah uh i don't remember exactly what happened in episode six but there was a couple part like the second block was much better for me Mm -hmm. i could find i was like uh paying way more attention to it like it's a little uh, bit more engaging which i was like excited about yeah i like the second block more than the first block i think just because the first block was just kind of like name dropping a ton and kind of showing the capabilities of the technology, but then the second block was kind of more um, developing the characters and like watching them make like decisions that like um, I don't know the whole uh, the like asking for the um, like ceasefire episode was really really interesting to me. Yeah, that was definitely the best episode out of this block. I thought. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why this set was so good, or like at least the last three, is that it broke the Mm -hmm. formula. It seemed like the formula was pretty much white bases trying to escape, and then the Principality of Xeon in some way like tries to attack them. They have the upper hand, but they need to like, and then it's like, how is Amuro and his like buddies gonna escape this time? Yeah, exactly. It it kind of like it felt like to honestly, I was trying to watched some of the episodes last night and it started to feel like a little bit like a chore like i was like it's the same thing like really i'm just here for the fucking i'm here for the intro song i'm here for the sound effects (laughs) the sound effects in this show are insane i love them so much yeah and then like Mm -hmm. i was kind of getting tired of the same thing over and over again but i think the last bit here of this first block kind of like even just like them being at a party like the like Shar yeah. and Garma, I was like, that's cool because yeah. it's something different as opposed to the same yeah. like four rooms we've seen. Well, what I liked about that is like, um, they yeah they showed uh like the Earth surface and I and I don't know this is like a little thing but like I love like sci-fi shows that like you know are willing to go off more than one set of just the inside of a ship because like you know they're like oh you already know what like the earth looks like you already know what houses look like we don't need to show those this is sci-fi it's like no this is sick it's like and this it's in the same you know universe as like regular old earth and Mm -hmm. they like decided to show all of that like like when they but then they like i don't know i feel like they opened up more questions than they answered when they went down to earth and they're like this is where your town used to be yeah don't don't it's like what like was earth just like rabbit like i don't i didn't really fully understand that um it, it was funny it was kind of like uh it, it reminded me of like what do you mean this is your town it died 10 years, years ago, ago. <laughs> and they just like walked off and yeah. she's just like weeping <laughs> yeah. like oh my god you got me so good like if this is an episode of fucking punked like i don't like want to know where your husband is like 
like you're standing on top of yeah. it. Like, it's like it's, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, that's I mean like and that's the last time we see those two characters. We have no idea if they ever made it to safety yeah. or made it to that other little settlement that the other refugees were headed towards. Like that's it. And Yeah. Yeah. And also too, like again, like it shows the humanity of the Neo Zeon pilots. Like they didn't care that they were earth federation civilians they you know gave them supplies and let them go on their way um and, and while like amuro was like aiming at them i was like saying like no no don't shoot them they're good they're like here to deliver supplies like they're not i don't know it, like that episode was it reminded me of like firefly or like star trek or something like that where it was like i don't know yeah well they're like flying yeah, back because they yeah. saw him and he's like please don't fly back here or else i have to shoot you down and it's like yeah he's having to go tense. through that and like that's that and that episode too um he's like really starting to feel the effects of like having to kill and stuff like that like yeah and i love how the show like it builds like each episode leaves more scars on amuro and like i love how he's not just this killing machine like the the impact and the trauma of every battle uh builds with every episode and he does reach a breaking point. What episode was that? Episode eight, I think. That was episode when he eight. He refuses yeah. to go out for like half the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's the same episode where the the weird children that are just roaming around. They give oh, him like yeah. a, they like give him a tomato. Yeah, and, and like, he just he's like, like he's like. He falls it's apart like, when he gets handed a tomato, and I love just that. Like <laughs> the trigger is like it's nothing about that, but it's just everything's hitting him all at once and you can see it and it's like what the fuck do i do with this tomato what the fuck am i doing with my life yeah Yeah. he's definitely like i don't have bacon and lettuce and bread like what do you want me to do just eat this tomato you dumb kids like it's so frustrating he's like i don't have time to make a sauce and boil noodles and make a spaghetti like what do you expect from me kids (laughs) this isn't ketchup what (laughs) what do you all feel about the old people who held the kids hostage Oh, dude, that was so annoying. One of the... <laughs> Fucking boomers, am I right? Like, holy shit. Okay, boomers. In the dub version, one of the old guys just sounds like a tired teenager, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't help but laugh every time we started talking. <laughs> like, it was and so That horrible. is almost certainly because the animation company was like, oh, fuck, I thought you were supposed to hire the old man. It's like, no. You were supposed to hire the old man. And then they just, like, looked around at, like, fucking Cole Sprouse in the studio. They're like, yeah, he could probably <laughs> he do, could it. do it. He, like, almost certainly. Oh, man. But, yeah. yeah. It was weird. The um, I was, like, really fascinated. I mean, like, this is just, like, a little thing. But I was, like, fascinated by, like, the animation or the, the way that the old people visually looked. They were not, like, Amaru is in this, like, really, like, what I, like, um see anime as like like bigger eyes like kind of like round head but the old people were i'm getting like a lot of tintin vibes from this too if you've ever seen the old animated tintin which i i kind of like because it's just like i don't know it's a i just really really like the variation of people style that they have which really helps differentiate the characters yeah and like the you know like the people just want to get back to earth you know they they desperately want to do that and the crew constantly has to remind them like we're trying to get you to esf controlled territory like you're not safe until you get there so just hang in there and they just keep like well we just want to go to earth you know 
I haven't been there yeah, since it's, I was it's a so little frustrating. Boy. <laughs> it's so frustrating to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck. But, so, yeah, okay, I'm trying to remember which episode. Is it episode six or seven where they have to, like, punch their way through Xeon control forces and, like, Amuro just goes nuts? Which episode is that? Seven. Is that episode seven? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's the one where he counts the shots in his, uh, he counts the shots in his, uh, rocket launcher and then throws the motherfucker at Azaku and kills it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he went that, off. You know, that's the thing I love. I love this, like, like, they didn't need to include him only having seven shots, but, like, that's something that, you know, it's consistent. It's like, yeah, these guns have ammo. When they're out of ammo, they're out of ammo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I he love... lost it there for a minute. I love the anime. This is the, my favorite animation in these first ten episodes, where he's just slashing and burning through these zakus. Like, there's this one cut where he's he slashes vertically and and then horizontally through a zaku, and the Gundam kind of like bursts through the explosion. Yes. That was just a beautiful shot. I and love then, it. Is that the one where he's also like Captain America? Yes. Like the other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah the cool. shield up the dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Also, I like thought that it was really fucked up how whenever he aims for the Gundams, he aims for the chest, or when it, the Zaku he aims for the chest, because that's where the pilot. That's where are. the cockpit like, is. I had that realization. I'm like, holy shit! Like he's shooting a fucking kill. Yeah. Like it's like, I was like, I looked at like Emma, and I was like, I'm like, like he's doing that because that's where the people are, and like. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So like, <laughs> just like slicing like at the waist, you're just like, "Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't try like, and, no, like at... yeah, he definitely doesn't try to uh, just incapacitate like, them, debilitate the Gundam." Yeah, exactly. No, I think this this fight also has some of the better animation as far as like the um, like where it shows the pilots after an explosion happens, and it kind of does that effect where it miscolors mm-hmm. things, and it does the like the streaks. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know the term for it, but I love the way and like the colors that they chose and the palette that they chose for those oh. shots. I thought were incredible. The purples yeah. and the reds are yeah. so beautiful. And it, like one of the things I thought was interesting is that this show, I think, like if I remember correctly, the show didn't do that well, and I think that they may have like lost lost a lot of money. And I think that to me, it's really surprising how good of quality the animation is. Especially, Despite like not having a like, huge budget up. or something like that. Yeah, well, I just feel like they don't—they're not reusing a lot of assets. It doesn't seem to me like you're, I'm not seeing a no. lot of repeats, which is kind of mm-hmm. like I feel like is rare for anime. I think like, I mean Ooh. it's rare for animation that's in general. True. Something that's buck wild is in a lot of the shots. I was noticing um, like charcoal texture and like graphite texture. Like it's all hand drawn, uh, and it's like yeah, I like I don't know. I can't even fathom that. But it was hey, Simon. Uh, Simon, I think it's pronounced, really. I think it's pronounced charcoal. All right, big guy. Okay. <laughs> all right, and that's that's the episode for today, you guys. <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> all righty. No, okay, some of my favorite shots, uh, Simon, in terms of, like, the purples and reds, is when things get really intense inside the cockpit, um, and they, like, throw the that hue on, and it's like, oh, that's so epic. Yeah. 
there's one where Char, like, gets, like, it's right when Char has to, like, pull back after his, like, retreat. And there's, like, this really crazy, like, marble texture that, like, goes over Char. And, like, it fades in. And I'm, like, there's no reason why they needed to, like, go off like that. But it's just, like, I don't know. It, it's it's cool to, I, I'd like to think that the animators were just, like, had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. You know, because it's just, like, it's super just like clean i don't know like i the inconsistencies in size never got to me i just like the color scheme is on point and like even like the greens of the zakus and like it's just so so because it's not muted but i don't know it's a lot of primary colors it's really good it's a really beautiful anime like it's it for me it i can tell yeah it's from like the late 70s but it holds up just as well it's yes yeah i have it no really i don't really have many faults with the animation yeah. i was I think that's so the, surprised the about thing. that yeah yeah it's like the biggest takeaway is how much it's watchable because yeah i mean i think that some of the later series are not as watchable as this is if i'm being <laughs> honest um so i i think it's incredible like and yeah I, I don't know it's surprising that it wasn't popular because i think it's maybe it's just it maybe it was before its time as far as the the like subject matter mm-hmm. in like with the quality of the show yeah i mean it was it was breaking a lot of molds into like it started a whole new genre and everything so you know mm-hmm. and it had, uh, I, yeah but and it had no some, source material which is also cool yeah um mm-hmm. uh, yeah my favorite shots some of my favorite shots are when amuro's like inside the cockpit and like Gundam gets hit and he's like basically bounced around the cockpit and like almost concussed a little bit so like you know you almost wonder in that fight where Amuro Amuro (laughs) Amuro (laughs) where he's like basically punch drunk as he's like beating the shit out of the Zaku Uh, so yeah anyways that's pretty much episode 7 and episode 8 Winds of War Um, this is when they have to do all these really intricate maneuvers where um, in order to trick Neo Zeon to kind of get like a step ahead because up until now they've always been on their tail um, relentlessly. So what happens, if I'm uh, not mistaken, is that they negotiate a ceasefire because they have to let down the refugees because the people are just insistent about getting off and um they hide some of the gundam or they hide gundam the gundam mobile suit inside this uh emergency transport vehicle and so they fake it as if it's damaged and so they fly out ahead and um they let the civilians off and they hide the gundam and then they come back and so that's when um those neo zeon pilots get shot down by amuro and and all that good stuff so what did you what did y'all like about this episode yeah we definitely touched on the like showing the zeon side this point of view um Mm. but one thing that i i liked the plan like i thought the plan was cool yeah like the way that they did it with like the smoke bombs and the like the hole they made in the side of the ship i thought that was sick like surprisingly interesting and like very like very cool yeah, I really wish that Gundam would have came out of the lake behind the enemy line like they had planned. Cause that would have been yeah. a super dope scene, just him rising, uh, water dripping, just coming out of the water, rockets like, coming <laughs> out. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like uh, super like ingenious. Like I love I love it when um, creators or writers are able to just kind of create these little scenarios and figure out the logistics of the characters kind of moving around in them. And I thought it was like this super simple, elegant plan that like could work in that situation. You know, that was that was really cool. Also, it again shows Charles kind of like not giving a fuck about his uh about any of his subordinates. They're like, yeah, that that shit put it down, but fuck it, like whatever, move on. Go back Does to the it... plan of attacking him. Yeah, because I think um, I think Garma like jumps out into battle in this episode, and uh, Char fucks with his like radio communications. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so like he was—he's already trying to kill Garva, or at least set him up to get killed. And if I'm not mistaken, the show hasn't explained what Shar's problem is with the Zabi family. We just know that he just hates them. Well, yeah, there's he like, hates absolutely... the whole family. I just thought he hated that. I thought he just wanted more power. Like I don't know his motivations really killing his own. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, why? No why is he doing that? Yeah. That's what me. I um, love how the show does. The show just kind of puts you into these situations like it doesn't give you like i love it, it doesn't give you any backstory it's just yeah 79 years later the world's fucked up but let's see what happens right and like, exactly yeah, you, you you don't get like in a monologue from from anyone really i don't think you get in a monologue from any of the characters so like motivations are a lot harder to understand because you don't know like right the thinking i really love that as well yeah yeah, I think that just, like, makes it, like, way more of, like, a slice of what is going on, which I like. Like, I mean, I almost like that I don't know a whole lot because I'm kind of drawing my own conclusions um, of what I know about the characters so far. Um, and that is just, like, way more way more interesting than if they just, like, held my hand the entire time. Like, I mean, they already have to explain so much about, like, you know, how there's even able to, like, have, like, you know, giant fighting robots. It's like, I don't know. I'm okay that they withhold a little bit of that. Because, like, I didn't realize that, like, it was a whole, like, royal family or whatever, because I kind of had the idea that the Zeon, the Principality of Zeon was, like, this, like, band of ragtag rebels, but I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, they're just, like, kind of scraping by, and it gets even more apparent in the, like, in the next episode. In episode nine, this is when Amaro kind of finally throws in the towel. He's exhausted. He hasn't slept. He hasn't eaten, and he throws his big old tantrum right before this big confrontation with Neo Zeon. And so this is when Bright kind of tries to slap him around and like bring him to his senses. And uh, it's and also it's an interesting development in the relationship between Bright and Amaro in this episode because Bright obviously he respects Amaro in that he's like a talented pilot. And he has some empathy for him in that he's a kid, but he also realizes that, you know, he has to get him to fight because if he doesn't, their chances of survival are slim to none. So, yeah. yeah he's definitely a... using him. Like, he's mm-hmm. he just needs him to do what he says to, for the situation. And I, I really like the scene. He's basically like, get, the, get that eyeliner out of your eyes and take your headphones out. You gotta go to school, basically. Like, you gotta go yeah. kill people, you emo yeah. Amaro. You gotta be a soldier. And Amaro yeah. the whole time is like, I'm not. I'm a civilian. Like, I got thrown into... And he's right. Like, 
he's 100 percent right like he just got thrown into this and there's a there's this little scene this little piece of dialogue between amuro and frau Bo, where they're both like yeah we're being used and we know it but we got also like how frau Boa, like at the end of that is like uh like oh like i'll do it i'll go fight amuro's like sweetie no like you, you shouldn't be you wouldn't be able to do that like yeah, yeah. it's like, like i was like like amuro's like in the middle of this tantrum but then he's like no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, like, kind of an asshole about it. He's, like, no, yeah, exactly. you can't he's do like, that. Like, like, and then all of a sudden, like, he's, like, motivated to go. He's, like, well, I guess I got to be yeah. a man now. Well, she, oh, she, I, she also is, like, yeah, I can't respect you if you don't go do it. Yeah. Yeah, it like, yeah, it got, like, weird and, like, like I have to be a man to do this. Like, and she's, like, like you're. I guess you're not a man after all. And Amaro's, like, no. I'm a man, and then like let like men get in robots. Men fight Toxic masculinity. <laughs> it, it's kind of like a funny scene of like just like some like suburban dad watching that, and just like he's like, yeah, I'm a man, and then he like hops in his like John Deere tractor and like mows his lawn, <laughs> and is like like I know like you couldn't do this, like I didn't do this. Yeah, yeah. but, but like, is is it like can we establish at this point she definitely has feelings for him, right? Like. Oh, that, majorly. That took away from that scene. Yeah. Majorly. I mean, I think yeah. they, they allude to it whenever that, like, the captain or whatever, the the woman that Amuro... Wait, okay, hold on. There is... What was is that? There, yeah. Is there, yeah, there's that weird moment, and then he... Where it's like, Amuro, for the first time, yeah. felt feelings toward Yeah, at, at what the very end part. of episode what a nine. Weird narration. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the fucking weirdest narration. And then those clips of, like, you can see, like, Amuro's, like, super horny. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's it's, her name... Be upset too. And yeah, she's an older like woman, pissed. mind you. Miss Matilda. Mm. Yeah. What's her rank? Matilda is her name. I don't, I She's no obviously idea. a high-ranking officer. I, just, I can't remember what her rank yeah. is. Her name's Matilda. Yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's the yeah the the, the pretty blonde girl woman who like shows up. Mm-hmm. She has red hair. Yes, she has the red one hair. With the captain's hat, with the hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has red hair. Oh, I'm tripping hard then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, Amuro like likes being tossed around, and like I don't know, like. I think that Frau Burrow would be like better for him though. She's much more compassionate she, and understanding. She cares about him. But like I don't I don't like how much she puts him on a pedestal though. Like I mean mm-hmm. like like she like worships him. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's yeah. like, a healthy relationship. No, it's I, mean, a little did, I hope that like Frau Boa will have like some like feeling of empowerment at some point of like Amaro, like listen, like you're good at like piloting that, but I'm good at what I do, which I don't really know what she does yet. But takes I, she takes care like of a, everybody. Yeah, she keeps she yeah, she, running. She's just like a civilian who like keeps everything going, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, like she wasn't like an officer prior no. to this, correct? No, she's no. Like she's, she's, she's an orphan who, yep, <laughs> essentially, she's like the mother figure of White Base, or one of them mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, yeah. I I really like her as a character. I hope that she like becomes more confident in herself yes. because she's just kind of like keeping all the men around her like like fed and like on their ego but like i really like her as a character of like how willing she is to like run around and everything i hope that like she gets more screen time i really she's one of my favorite characters so far yeah i mean and like it should be noted that most of her function as a character in the show is to like you said simon to make sure the men can do their jobs right which is like 
you'd wish there was more to her character. But sometimes there is, like, not as much as you would like. But in that little dialogue between uh, her and Amaro, when they're both talking about how they're being used in the situation, like, she's insightful. Mm -hmm. Like, she knows what's up. Um, Yeah, exactly. I think she's, like, incredibly intelligent and, like, I don't know. I I think all, like... So, like, Amuro just needs to, like, kind of get over himself. Like, Amuro, like, does not seem very empathetic to me. Like, Amuro is looking out for himself, which kind of makes sense because, like, he's thrown into this, like, you know, fucked up situation. Um, but I wish that he, like, the, he only gets frustrated with the other characters and he, like, wishes that they could see how much he is doing for them. Yeah, right. You know? Like, like when all the old people like rebelled, he's like, he's like, I wish you could see how much I'm doing for you rather than like, I understand that you're frustrated, you know, which I mean, like, honestly, like that's, that's a big part of maturing, like seeing situations going from, I'm frustrated that you don't see my output to like, okay, what is your output? To being you know able to saying? be really see outside of yourself. And yeah, he's a kid. And like, also too, he kind of lashes out at Frabo at the beginning of this episode because she goes up to him. And he's like, yeah, "Are you okay?" Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. "Leave me the fuck alone," you know, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, I think we have to also remember that he was abandoned by his dad, kind of, and the dad's like, "Save this machine over humans." Like, yeah, I mean, we didn't talk yeah, about it in the first true. episode. Yeah, that's, that's also true. That's got to fuck with him a little bit as well. But yeah, so anyways, they meet up with this other, I guess. Um, part of the ESF military and they essentially tell mm-hmm. White Base that they're still pretty much on their own and they're not going to get any supplies or really any help that they have to keep pushing and so again as a audience you're like questioning the ESF and like how well they treat their military forces and they're kind of like on their last leg a little bit you know they're they're kind of the underdog basically and so mm-hmm. that brings us to episode 10, Garma's Fate, which is a really, I think, one of the best episodes of of the 10. And do, do you want to break mm-hmm. down, like, the winners and losers after this? Yeah. Of these 10 it. episodes? Yeah. All right. So essentially, I think we've already talked about it pretty extensively, but, like, uh, Garma is really committed to his love Isolina who's the daughter of this uh former mayor who was loyal to the ESF but kind of like gave in to Neo Zeon control and uh it's kind of like a forbidden marriage uh because the Zabi family is not exactly excited about Garma marrying a ESF uh, woman and you know vice versa and so he's like well I'm going to organize this assault on white base i'm gonna steal the gundam mobile suit and prove to my father that i can make this decision on my own essentially so garma's got something to prove and they're on the hunt for white base and white base is kind of traversing this like bombed out urban cityscape and so they're busy trying to hide and um so yeah and essentially, a lot happens in this episode, but essentially, Garma fails because Char sets him up. He's like, this is my opportunity to finally get revenge on the Zabi family. And again, it never explains why. You're just kind of left wondering, 
what the fuck is his problem? Like, he has no oh, personal malice yeah. towards Garma, but he's like... There's definitely, there's definitely like, a, a monologue that's cooking up. Like, you know, at some point, you're going to get a Char monologue that's going to be epic. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of Char some Char monologue? Char monologue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A Char monologue. I like that. Um, <laughs> but one thing I, I, like, love, like, that... They keep changing the backdrop, like to where they are. Like, I, this is definitely my favorite setting. This like bombed out city, and they go into like the mm-hmm. sports stadium. I think that's like yeah, a very I like interesting. The attention to detail on all. I like paused it and like looked around, and it was like they could have just made that like a sphere, but they made it a sports stadium. And out, something that really stuck out to me was that the principality of Zeon after having like reasonable suspicion that like um the trojan horse or uh, white base was uh, down there they just like unleashed a fury of bombs underneath it which is like i don't know like i thought that that was like really fucked up like i i was like extremely surprised by that and that's at that point is when i antagonized the principality of Zeon over that because i'm like they don't know what the fuck is down there they're just like bombing for the sake of it at this point and that's like an insane thing to do you know like i guess they could have assumed that there's like no people down there or anything but just like the you know blatant disregard for any other like you know exact attack or anything i thought was just like very very fucked up well just the kind of firepower that they can lay down without thinking twice like oh it's just carp carpet bomb this entire cityscape to smoke out white base without thinking Mm -hmm. again about it which kind of shows you the military might that they have like they basically can yes afford to do whatever it is they want um i I still can't mm -hmm. hear white base without thinking of just like ohio pennsylvania (laughs) (laughs) thinking of some like michigan i was thinking i was thinking like a mobile white castle (laughs) like that would be sick yeah yeah Definitely gotta save that white fa- uh, white base. Then I keep wanting to say white face every time I hear it too. Like that's problematic. <laughs> we should bomb the white base. Bomb the white base. Maybe we should just call it the Trojan Horse but... from now on. So um, yeah, we should we should do we should call it the Trojan Horse. So yeah, and like there's also this crazy scene where um, Isolina is trying to go and meet up with Garma, and her father stops her and, like, smacks oh my, the that shit sucked. out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that, was awful. that scene, like, hits you. It's like, That scene ooh. sucked. That makes yeah, you feel a little bit She's, weird. like, weeping on the ground afterwards, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, it kind of makes me mad because I, I like, want that um, – whoever that dad was i want him to be pulled back in and like be held accountable and like you know be like you know killed in a really rewarding fashion but like in a sense that seems like kind of like an end of that of that arc to me and like we're just gonna like that royal family is like she's just gonna you know be unhappy and you know he is just going to keep being like a bad dad you know well yeah and then like at the end he breaks the news to her in like a really cold way. Oh yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. That he was he was like stoked well. to say it. Yeah, he was, like, he was. yeah. happy. Yeah. Like it was wild, it's dead. And if you haven't deduced, the news was that uh, after being set up by Char, um, what was his name? Garmin. Shawarma. Charmander. Charmander. Charmeleon. 
Shar and Garmin, I think. And Garmin. Garmin. or something like that. As an apple no. or. Really yeah, it's Garma. It's Garma. Garma went down, and that that scene was crazy. But yeah, the way that he just like called her into the office and is like, "Oh yeah, another thing. Like your BF dead as fuck." Yeah, and she, was just and she so goes. Sad. She goes and beats that tree up. Yeah. yeah, I know that tree was truly winners and losers. That tree, yeah. tree went down the lures, hard. Lures but also, it was cute when uh, Garma was going down. He was like having like flashbacks of like her face and stuff, and yeah. that was like it's compelling. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like at the end. I'm like, he can't be dead. But then I'm like, no. Like, there's no him, way. Like, he's he's exploded. Yeah. Yeah. Episode Damn ten point. made me enjoy him a lot more. One thing I really, I was like really excited about at the end is that on episode ten, our end of this first episode for us was the reveal of the zombie, like big big Hong show, big bad guy. Yeah, the ruler yeah. of Zion. That was like the last. Yeah. Scene. Well, I I kind of like want I like that family because like I kind of like the son. You know, like he like just was he wanted to just marry. He genuinely really loved um whatever her name was he's selena um, you probably knew her name yeah but and then and then like when the dad found out the news like he was like he wasn't like ah like one another one of my son's dead the price of war he was like devastated yeah um and i kind of hope that he like comes in like maybe third party's char or something during like one of these fights and maybe you know like the earth federation has an ally now because like Maybe he saw the principality of Zeon like mishandling his son's life or something like that. But then that also excites me. Like, what planet is he on? Where is that palace? Like, I want like it, it's sick. I love all the architecture and stuff. I think he's at like side four or something, uh, right? Well, side he, three. That's where Lucian started. Yeah. So I think he because mm, I think space colony. Yeah. Yeah, because he, if I'm correct, I think he's the leader of Zeon. Yeah. So I think mm. that like yeah. He might miss kind of misdirect his anger towards the Federation. Oh, and, definitely you know. will. Oh. Yeah, because he has no idea what Shar did. Yeah, yeah. So from his perspective, yeah. it was just the Federation that just murked his son. That's such a good point. Yeah. But yeah, so, no, it's it's yeah, good ten, good first ten episodes. How many episodes. are there total? Fifty-three, I think, in this season. Oh, this oh, series. That, I I don't know. That's a good amount to me. I I watched. Um, to be completely frank, I watched all ten of them starting this morning and just kind of spaced them out throughout my day. Um, and I loved it. I like. I could keep. I'll I'll probably watch the next two tonight. To be honest. Yeah, I want to like midnight here, but like I, I'm like so stoked on them. I just want to see more settings. I like. Mm-hmm. That's why I loved like Star Trek, and like that's my favorite part of any sci-fi. Like. I mean, you can. You're not restricted to settings on Earth, you know. I, I like. I, I loved the palace scene, and like, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing where they land next. Yeah, I'm really curious what's gonna happen once they get to Federation land. I'm like, yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Also, real question: Is are the battles better on Earth or in space? Ooh. Ooh. I was gonna say that I didn't like earth battles that they had like the tanks and the planes as much they're yeah. kind of boring and they like they kill them a little bit more indiscriminately like i feel like since it lacks the human form it's just like another plane's dead another like tank's dead mm-hmm. but like the zaku fights with the mobile suits were a little bit more interesting so i think i like yeah. space fights better yeah. 
than what we saw in the, mm. these episodes. But I, I don't know. The idea of like city fights or like a snow fight, I think would be like pretty cool. Yeah. I love. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing with like different planets. I just want to see them fighting in different planets. You know. I love the urban warfare. Uh, yeah. In, in episode nine, that was pretty cool. So okay, uh, yeah. let's let's wrap this up. But first, let's talk a little bit about like winners and losers for you all in these last ten episodes. Okay. I think Char for me is a winner. I think that he's exactly where he wants to be, and he just pulled off his plan. Yes. Right. So I think for me, that's like I think he's the main winner, considering that like I, to me, it seems like he's kind of toying with the Federation, with the Fetties, the Fetty Wops. Yeah. Um, Fetty and then. Whereas, and then he just pulled off his big plan to kill um, Garma. So I think that he's definitely a big winner for me. Alex? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Char is definitely a winner. Um, I think that uh, Amori at this point is kind of a loser. Like, I think that oh, we keep this saying over and over again that the tides of war are really affecting him. And, like, I'm only curious how this is going to play out. It's just devastated by killing humans which is good because you should be right are you talking about Amaro Amaro yeah as yeah, like one of the big losers yeah it's just like his mental state and really his physical state like he, he's, he's tired he's been mm. beaten over and over again and like mentally he just doesn't want to be there he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know why he's doing it clearly he like, doesn't like killing people but he, he has to keep doing it and you can see yeah, it a few times where he just kind of snaps and goes like super crazy and kills a bunch of people indiscriminately. Yes. I um, I was definitely thinking that, that Amuro definitely is a major loser. I feel like the biggest loser, though, is uh, Garma, for sure. Like, 100% the biggest he loser. He just got done so dirty, man. Like, he was ready to start a family. He was ready to, like, have this whole life. And then Shar was like, fuck you motherfucker and he's like you just have bad luck you just happen to be a member of this family that i hate so sorry you know like oh man yeah he's the biggest loser for me and then biggest winner i have to agree with michael it's definitely char simon yeah i think like you can just count like even with like minor characters like if uh, naming the winners and everyone else is a loser um like, Char's a winner. I think the people that landed on Earth that wasn't the woman and the baby, they're probably winners, too. Yeah, that, that woman's a little bit, yeah. loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both she, she was, the baby was a really big loser. Um, <laughs> he was so whiny. The two pilots were winners, I'd say. Yes. Um, yeah. Hats off uh, to those guys. Who else? Yeah, I liked all the minor characters. Um, Who else? Uh, everyone at that party was a winner, um, mm. except for uh, Garmu or whatever. Garma. 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 <laughs> except Gordon. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean his fiance. We can't. I think it would be oh. bad if we didn't mention her yeah. as a loser because oh. she yeah, she's sl- a loser. She got slapped her, so bad. Her dad mm. in it. Her yeah. in her she own with in his dad. own twisted right is a winner because like he got yeah. exactly what he wanted. Oh, good point. Yeah, that's um, true. He thinks he's a winner. Sure. The other dad, dude, this is just a show of father figures. Jeez, geez Louise. Um, the other dad that lost his son, probably a loser in a in uh, 
Mm-hmm. Loser must run in the family. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's all the winners. Every, there, there was no other, not a whole lot of characters. All the I'm, I'm looking for. Oh, the. Uh, maybe the guy that was being a dick is a winner because he's just like craves chaos. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, he's like happy regardless. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's I'm Joker. just here, man. Um, he is, he's like, he's an, obviously an asshole and he's super obnoxious a lot of the time, but Kai is kind of an interesting guy to me because he's like way more cynical about everything. So he kind of has a little bit more of a realistic view of the whole situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how he changes, Adults. if at all. Yeah. The show. yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Does anyone have any big things that they want to say about these first 10? like ending statements yes uh, looking forward to the next ones I want a I want a pink Zaku um, yeah. I, th- yes. yeah I think I think that's gonna I be think my, that was gonna be I think that was gonna be my Gunpla the real grade yeah oh, same. hell it's, yeah it's just so cool that or the uh, or the uh, hot pink gun tank cause oh, the gun tank gun, yeah. yeah I like I all mean, the other uh, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing all the other machinery in it yeah. that's Absolutely. what I'm really looking forward to I think I think I'm gonna actually watch too. I'm not kidding. After when I hang up, it's gonna be good. I love how I Gun Cannon one, just gets in like all fours and just starts blasting people. Yes, it's <laughs> like oh, this. that looked. Eat I this. like. I I didn't love that. I didn't like because he just like bent over and it like I almost like imagined him being like oh god like he's just like not realizing what's happening. That's, that's exactly him. what I imagined. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> He was in, like, a fetal position yeah. and just, like, fucking, like, fucking everything yeah. up. Yeah. He's like, what is happening? Like, I'm not doing, like... Yeah, it's a little oh, unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyway, anyone got any crazy conspiracy theories? What's going to happen next? Any any hot takes? No, I think mm-hmm. we get that. I think we get that Shar monologue at some point because we need... I think we need to know his motivations at some point. Yeah. And I kind of hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I like the mystery, but I would like... To have an idea of his background yes. and i mean i have general i have some general like i know a couple of things about it but i want to i want to do want to know the specifics of yeah. like why is he upset at the zombie family like why is he having revenge on his own people that he's fighting for right, and then, right. like that must lead into why he is somewhat sympathetic towards the fetties yeah so and i think i'm most excited about that yeah. i mm-hmm. my my crazy my crazy theory is that amaru's dad joins the uh, Zeon. Ooh, that's, that's a really good. I, I again Ooh. coming from this, I have no idea. I've never seen this show before, so I'm coming yeah, in with yeah, a total so radical idea. Calling there. you out, calling out as bullshit if that's if that becomes right. Because <laughs> maybe uh, Amaro's dad's a spy for Neo Zeon, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, this these are where the Gundam mobile suits are. If you want to attack or something like that, who knows." But yeah, that's my no. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna change it a little bit. One of his parents jumps to the other side. Oh, could be his mom. We know his mom. mom's on Earth, and that's all we know about her as well. But at least it's one true, of his point. parents jumps sides, and he'll have to like deal with that and find out in the middle of a fight. All right. Well, I think that does it for today. Yeah. Unless anybody has anything else? Nope. Um, just next episode I- we got. 
11 through 20. Yep. Episodes 11 through 20. Uh, uh, thank you all for listening. And, and a shout out to uh, DJ RX. DJ RX 78, 78, baby. 78, 78. Yeah, DJ 78. Pumping out yeah, those hot tunes. DJ RX 69. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DJ 78 making that dope ass intro beat for us. Yeah. All right. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Yep. See you. Peace. Bye.